Welcome to the Normalizing Millions podcast. I'm a mama of two little girls, owner of a seven-figure and growing coaching company, and I'm your host, Taylor Lee. My mission is to normalize women making millions from work that feels absolutely effortless. Your work changes lives, and with my help getting it into the hands of more people, your life can radically change too. Just don't blink, because with the right tools and advice, all of which me and my incredible guests will share with you in each and every episode, it can change fast. All right, let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Normalizing Millions podcast. I'm here with my accountant, Liz, who I'm so excited to share with you guys. Hello, Liz. Hi. Um, you guys, I have, well, how long have I been working with you? I don't even know. I was just telling this story to someone this morning. Um, we started working together, I think like a little bit over a year and a half ago now. I love it. It seems shorter and it seems longer at the same time. I am really excited to share you with everyone today because I have had many accountants over the years, all types of experiences. I've also had all types of experiences, which is like taxes and, you know, it's, it can be a whirlwind and working with you has been like such a pleasure. I love how you like, just like teach me all the things and how you like explain everything. And just like how we have, a, we have fun. Like, I don't, I never thought I'd be able to like have fun chatting with my accountant, but we have a good time even talking about like quarterly taxes and annoying letters from the IRS or like Connecticut. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Connecticut. They're not my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, before we jump into all of like the questions and things for everyone, do you want to take a second and just introduce yourself? Yeah. So I'm Liz. I own an accounting firm that specializes in taxes and bookkeeping for women business owners because I worked in corporate and I did the thing and I felt like there was such a underserved market with women entrepreneurs who were always just feeling like, I don't know what's going on. And no one was really trying to take the time to explain. And there was so much mansplaining going on. I can't even. Um, And so we really wanted to focus on the female entrepreneur. So basically like 96% of our clients own a business as a female, which is just the best thing ever. So that's a little bit about us. I love it. Yeah. I feel like there's probably two types of people listening to this. Like there's two types of people in my audience. Usually like my clients, I find either fall in one or two categories, like either they need to get an accountant and they're still DIYing. And I just wish I could like, I try to tell them how much easier life is going to be when they have the right people on their team. And I send them to you. Um, and then there's also the people who do have a financial team, but they still kind of like you're saying, feel like out of the loop. It's not being explained. Well, they're still so confused and kind of like how I experience. It's like, wow, I thought I had all this, like everything I needed in place with team, but there's still like so many things we're not looking at. So I'm excited to kind of talk to both of those people, but I mean, just to like kick us off, um, when do you think someone should get both like an accountant and a bookkeeper. And if you even want to kind of explain the difference, I think a lot of people are even confused on that. Like what's the difference and when should we like get those people on our team? Yeah, that's a, such a good question. 
So let's start with bookkeeping because I feel like that's a little bit more flexible, I would say. So I think that you should look into getting a bookkeeper when you're hitting, I don't know, $50,000 of revenue a year. And, and the reason why I have this like made up number, because let's be honest, it is a made up number in my mind is because it starts to get to the point where you're missing out on deductions and you might be even missing income coming in. And it's just hard to track on your own. Um, I think when you're getting started, you should absolutely be doing your own accounting because it teaches you a lot and you get to learn so much about your own business. But I think also it gets to a point where you need help and you have you can spend your time better, right? Like there's so many better things you could do than be sitting down for two and a half hours every month doing your bookkeeping. First thing about bookkeeping. Now, when it comes to a tax accountant, if I'm honest, I'd get one pretty quickly if you're starting a business. Um, if you have year one, maybe that's fine. Without an accountant, you could still use something like TurboTax or something, but I can't even tell you and it's not just me who sees it. All of my tax friends say the same thing. I can't even tell you how many times I find errors on TurboTax returns. And I don't think it's because people are trying to be like malicious or are trying to cheat the system or do something fraudulent. I think it's just a lack of understanding sometimes what TurboTax is trying to ask you or they're misleading you or misguiding you. So all of that to be said, if you're just W-2, absolutely use TurboTax. That's totally fine. Like I have nothing against that. I'm saying if you have a business, probably within the first year or two, you should want to start looking into getting a tax accountant. And even if that means you're still DIYing your bookkeeping, I have tons of clients who do their own bookkeeping and use this for taxes. Um, I think it's really important to kind of invest in that because you want someone you can ask questions to. I mean, Taylor still asks me questions all the time. Like, Hey Liz, is this something we can do? And that you don't have that if you just use TurboTax. So I think it's important to find someone pretty early on in your journey. Yeah. And just from like personal experience, I just, and as like a business coach, I feel like if you get your time back, that's like, like the time it would spend me to go through all of my expenses, all of the like incoming money, which I still look at. And, I, and it's funny because I feel like you look at that. My bookkeepers look at that. One of my assistants looks at it. I look, I'm like, so many people are looking at my money, which can be uncomfortable. But at this point for me, like we've all heard the term, like what you focus on grows. I'm like, well, I've got like five plus people focusing on this with me. Like it's growing. And it just would take so long if I had to do all of that on my own. Like now I just get to look at the reports. <laughs> like, you know, it like, you know, I teach my people like have your weekly money dates. Like it will shorten those up so much. And then you can focus on like what you do best, make more money, work with your clients on the things you like to do, not bookkeeping and taxes. So um, I think if anyone feels like they're in that position where it's like, I could totally take on another client if I wasn't doing this or like market my course more or whatever that. You should do that. And let's be honest, bookkeepers aren't very expensive. Like, no. I think that that is such a misconception that people are like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so expensive. But at the end of the day, especially with a lot of the people who are probably listening to this podcast, it is definitely less than your monthly retainer. Let's just put it that way. Like if you could bring on someone else, like you would pay for it five times. 
Like it's really not that expensive and it saves you so much stress. Like I, I thinking about Taylor's books, I'm like, I, she would be freaking out. Like she'd be able to do it. Taylor is so capable and she's so good with money. And I will say like, Taylor really does know a lot more about her money than most of my clients do. But even Taylor would be like, oh my gosh, this is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. So, um, just so it's super clear, like what does a bookkeeper do? What does an accountant do? And is that different than like a tax strategist? Oh my gosh. Yes. Such a great question. Okay. So let's just back up a little. So an accountant, I feel like is like the umbrella, right? So like all of us are accountants, right? So under that umbrella, there's a bookkeeper, there's a tax professional, and then there's something called an auditor. Now, if you have a big business, you might know what an auditor is. I'm not talking about like an IRS auditor. Um, It's a little bit different, but basically like they make sure your business is doing what it says it's doing. Um, So a tax strategist versus a bookkeeper or even a tax preparer versus a bookkeeper. So Most tax strategists or tax preparers can be bookkeepers, but I would say that most bookkeepers are not tax strategists or tax preparers. So tax is a much more specialized field, right? So that's something that we have to go to school for. You have to hold a license for something like this, whereas bookkeeping you can go to school for it, right? Like I have all of my licenses and I went to school for accounting and I do bookkeeping, but I also do taxes. Versus a bookkeeper could also be someone who just takes a course and learns how to do entries like expenses and income and recording all that kind of stuff. And so that's more so the focus for bookkeeping. So bookkeeping is day-to-day what's coming in, what's going out versus a tax person or a tax strategist, if you want to go that far, is someone who's looking at your holistic picture and trying to strategize and figure out okay, what are you going to owe for taxes this year? And how can we get that number down? Or how can we prepare for it better? Because at the end of the day, you have to pay taxes. I know it sucks, but you have to pay taxes. And so the game is less of, okay, how do I pay no taxes? And the game is more of how do we optimize it? So we're paying the appropriate amount of taxes and not paying too much. Yeah, it's been really helpful to have that like, you know, and I've had a lot of changes in my business. Like I feel like living in a state like Connecticut, it gets, if you have like state taxes and like the IRS, it's a little bit more complicated. And then moving our business and scaling the business and doing different things for like saving for retirement and all of this, it's like, it gets even more complicated. So I'm just like, so glad that you do all of that. (laughs) (laughs) We uh, are here to support it all. Taylor always has the greatest ideas. I remember when you told me you were going to be moving. You're like, yeah, I don't know, in a few months. And then all of a sudden you moved like the next month. And it was like, oh, okay, we got to change our plan for the year. Because I thought you were going to be in the the state with taxes for a lot longer. And so it was fun. It was a good time last year. (laughs) Um, So speaking of taxes... Um, I have seen a lot of people, even who make good money. In fact, it makes it kind of even harder, right. To like pay their taxes, pay their, and and we can talk about like, should you even be paying quarterly or whatever in a second? But like you see behind the scenes of a lot of businesses and I'm sure you see people both who like pay really easily. They've always got the money in the account. I'm sure you also see people who maybe go on the payment plans, whatever. And I don't think either right or wrong. You can share your thoughts if you want, but like 
have you seen like a certain system or a way of organizing money or something that the people who just seem to be less stressed by taxes and paying them are doing? Because I feel like that's something that a lot of people need to know. Yeah. I think there's two pieces to this success. One of them is mindset, right? You have to have the mindset that it is a part of the business. It is just another thing that comes along with doing business because I think so many people feel like, oh, it's my money. I shouldn't have to give it to the IRS or California or wherever you live. But at the end of the day, flipping that mindset to, I have so much abundance that I get to pay taxes is the first step to success with taxes. Step number two is actually saving for taxes every month because I have clients, you're right, I have clients on both sides of it, even ones that I do their monthly accounting and I tell them every month, hey, save this much for taxes. They don't. And then it gets the quarterlies and then they're stressed. And so I think that the biggest key to success is actually saving for taxes every single month. Now, if you have a bookkeeper, just tell them, hey, Tell me how much 30% is or whatever percent you want to save every month. Tell me how much that is every month so I can save, right? Like that's something your bookkeeper can totally do. All the bookkeepers that I like work alongside with, all of them do it. I tell them, hey, I want you to tell this client to save X, Y, and Z every month. And they just add it into their monthly reports. So easy, not a big deal. If you're doing your own accounting, you can literally figure it out. It's really not that hard, but it's something you need to be doing actively. I think if you just wait until the end of the quarter and cross your fingers, hoping you have the cash in your account, you're not going to have it at the end of the day. Like I have to save for taxes. I'm a tax accountant and I have to save for taxes because otherwise I'll spend the money. Like I'm still a human. (laughs) I mean, some of the best advice I was given, even though I feel like I have good self-control with my money was like, take that money, like open a bank account at a separate bank. So you don't even see it and transfer it. And it was a little bit of work to set up. Was, I was very resistant. Cause I was like, I want to see all of my money on one. Cause I like simple, but that was such a good move because even now, like, um, we had like a bigger week last week. Woo-hoo. Um, normally I'll just do it monthly, but because we had a bigger influx that week, like, I'm just going to go ahead and do it this week and then make a little note that like, up to this amount for the month, the taxes are already saved for like, otherwise, like, you know, as the numbers get bigger for taxes, which is a good thing, because it means your revenue and your profits growing. That's like the only way the taxes are going to go up. I just feel like it can be such a shocker. Like what, like first transfer, like, remember the first time I had to pay like 10,000 for taxes. Remember the first time I had to pay like 20,000. Remember the first time I had to do like 80,000. It's like, (laughs) so like smaller, it's, it's kind of like a mindset trick for me. Like just sending over small amounts. Cause like at this point in my business, like a $5,000 transfer, it's like, that doesn't feel too crazy. Cause I have that going out to team. I have it going to taxes, mentors, like it's kind of a normal amount, but even still like the $20,000 transfer out of my bank account, like that doesn't make me like do a happy dance. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I try to like chunk it even smaller, even at this point. Yeah. I mean, I have heard varying advice of like how to hack it, right? Like how do you do it? So it works. I say, do it at least once a month. And if you're less disciplined, then maybe you need to do it every week. Maybe you need to sit down on Fridays. Isn't that what you do Fridays? Okay. You need to sit down on Fridays. Like Taylor does have a cute little meeting with yourself, have a little celebration with how freaking badass you are for the week and transfer some money over to the savings account. I think having it at another bank is like a whole nother step. So it's a really good method to not touch the money. And that's the whole point is to not touch the money. And then the best part is at the end of the year, if you don't owe it all, 
you can either save it for the next year or you can give yourself a bonus because let's be honest, that's what I did last year. <laughs> so good. I, I That's when taxes are kind of fun. And you and I have been seeing that with my own stuff recently where I'm like, oh, I still have all this money left. And then we get to talk about like what I can do with it, which I think is another thing people don't realize that tax strategists do is like, and, and specifically you, like, I love how you'll be really, really you're like, yeah, you could leave it in. You could do this thing, which would be like tax advantage for you or like just have it for some play money, go on vacation, buy yourself something nice. Like I like when you can like lay out those options for me. Sometimes it's a little bit of permission slip. And also sometimes I choose to do like the smart, responsible thing with it. <laughs> sometimes not. Yeah. I feel like usually you do, um, yeah. but it's, it's, it's kind of goes back to what you're always talking about with having that money mindset that it's not like there's not a lack mentality. And I think that taxes, if you look at it as it's this big, scary thing, it's going to be a big, scary thing. Yeah. So on that note, who should be paying quarterly taxes? Okay. So the IRS has a very strict guideline, right? So they say, if you are going to owe more than a thousand dollars in taxes, which if you don't owe a thousand dollars in taxes, God bless, um, you should be paying quarterly, but that's like really overwhelming. And that also means you're paying like such a small estimate. My kind of rule of thumb is if you're going to owe more than, I don't know, five to $10,000 of taxes a year, then I probably would. So for reference, maybe like $20,000 of profit, that's when you should start paying quarterly taxes. Now, is that the rule? No. Is the penalties and interest the tiniest thing ever? Yes. So technically, if you don't pay them um, and you owe more than $1,000, then you'll have penalties and interest. But I'm telling you, they're so small. So small. Yeah. If you're going to owe a significant amount of money, absolutely, we're paying them in and we're going to do our best to estimate. But if you're like, do I even need to worry about this? Ask yourself, have I made at least $20,000 or do I think I'm going to make at least $20,000 this year? And if the answer is yes, then you should probably start looking into how to pay quarterly. But you don't have to have like a full panic moment right now if you're not, because it's, I was, that's what I was going to ask. Like, okay, what if someone's listening to this? They're like, I haven't even heard of that. Or I, I'm so far. It's like, it sounds like it's not a start looking into it, but don't panic. No, like I just said, the penalties are so small. I mean, I have clients who even have the mentality, um, not so much anymore, but at my big corporate firm, I did when clients were owing like a hundred thousand dollars a quarter, like no big deal. Um, and they really felt that they could earn more interest by keeping the money in the stock market or in like a high yield savings or something like that. And they'd rather just pay the penalties and guess what? you could do that too. So it's not the end of the world. Some people would rather not give their money to the government um, early ahead of time. I hear that all the time, but I think it's a little bit easier to pay quarterly just between us because, you know, not all of us are as disciplined as we want to think we are. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Honestly, I never thought I would say that, but I, I like paying it in chunks. I find it makes it easier. And when you have the right team, it definitely is pretty easy. We get to have a nice call, celebrate where I'm at for the year, do a little reflection, get the number because I have a good savings, like habit in place. I usually have extra, like, it's actually like, I look forward to having our quarterly tax calls, which sounds so dorky. <laughs> I love it. That makes me so happy to hear. Cause I'm always like, Oh, I feel like Taylor's going to hate me. And then every time you're like, Oh my gosh, I have extra saved. Just like, 
make my job so easy. It's the ones where they're like, oh, I have nothing saved. I'm like, oh, this is a painful conversation. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it, it honestly, it comes down to the mindset, you know, just do it. It's not worth trying to skim the extra interest in the bank account, you know, just, yeah. just pay the quarterly taxes. And so this is a conversation I feel like always confuses people. And I'll be honest, I feel like I've built a lot of understanding about this stuff. And this still like people, my friends will ask me and I'm like, I don't know. I just know that I am. I think what is an S corp or like, can you just fight like having your business be, I mean, I find people who make six figures, they still don't even have their business registered as a business. So like, can you just like explain that? Yes. Okay. So an S-Corp is a tax designation, okay? So a lot of people think S-Corp, like, oh, I need to go and open an S-Corp. No. What you're doing is you're saying, hey, I already have an LLC, or maybe you have to open an LLC. And just with the IRS, I want you and I to agree that I'm going to be an S-Corp, okay? So the whole benefit of becoming an is to not have to pay self-employment taxes. Now, let me be very clear. This is as clear as mud. Okay, so it's not super clear. It's kind of confusing. So just bear with me right here. So self-employment tax is what you'll pay if you are a sole proprietor or an LLC. And it's 15.3% tax on top of normal taxes. So not only are you paying federal, not only are you paying your state, unless you live in one of the lucky unicorn states like Taylor does, and then you're also paying 15.3% on all of your business profits. Like, ouch, that hurts, right? So if you become an S-corp, you don't have to pay self-employment tax, which is 15.3% on all of your business profits. The caveat to that is you have to pay yourself reasonable compensation, which is a salary. Now, as an LLC or a sole proprietorship, I hope you're still paying yourself. It's just that you have to pay yourself through payroll instead once you become an escort. Now, this is where they kind of get you on some of the extra taxes is that you'll have to now pay payroll taxes, which is Social Security, Medicare, unemployment, state unemployment. Some states have like really random things. Like I saw a preschool tax when I was doing someone's uh, payroll yesterday. I was like, what in the wow. heck is a preschool tax? So uh, shout out to Portland. I guess that that's what they have there. Um, but essentially it, those are the extra taxes that you have to pay. And the whole concept is if you can get your salary lower than your total income, then you're saving your taxes. That's the long story short. But I will say we do have a download that Taylor, I think is going to include here for you. And it talks about S corps. So just download that. It will help a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like that's what gets confusing is like, at first it's like, oh, okay. So just tell them I'm an S corp makes sense. But then it's like, but then you have to do this and then you have to figure out what that salary is. And then like, how do I even do a salary? Like, so, I mean, that's why I like having a team because that's when to me, it was no brainer. Like I need to have other people doing this because that has become so many steps. <laughs> I just want you to tell me like the steps, get someone on my team to do it, give me the right numbers. And it's just like, it, it, it's so easy. And I just kind of mostly understand why we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like going back to your first question of like, when do you need to get a bookkeeper or an accountant? If you have an S-Corp, you better not be doing it alone. Like I'm telling you right now, that is a great way to end up messing it up, 
or getting yourself audited. There's just so many weird little rules that come with S Corps that I 100% think you need to have a bookkeeper and you also need to have a tax accountant on your team if you have an S Corp. So just keep that in mind. If you're listening and you're like, oh, oh no, then yeah, you, you should do that today. <laughs> that should be a priority. A hundred percent. I could not agree more. So maybe we can talk about something fun, which is like how to save some money on taxes, write-offs. Like I love geeking out over that. I mean, what do you think are like, I kind of have two versions of this question. What do you think are like some common ways to save on taxes or write-offs that like a lot of people don't even know about or that they miss? Yeah. I think that the biggest one is people miss things like retirement contributions. Um, if you're self-employed and you have to pay health insurance for yourself, that's a huge tax write-off. Um, Taylor figured it out last year when Frankie left his job. We're like, oh yeah, that's a big, that's a big deduction that we have coming in. Um, business-wise, things like software and investing in coaching programs or investing in courses and learning, all of those kind of things are really important. Um, even setting up things like your website and paying someone to do that or have someone come in and you consult with them or they work with your group if you have that kind of a situation. All of those kind of things are tax deductions that I think sometimes people question. They're like, is this a deduction? Is it not a deduction? I'm not really sure. So I think that those are some really good ones. But I will say, <laughs> you didn't really ask this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Guys, stop taking tax advice from your friends or people you see on Instagram. It kills me. I can't even tell you. I've gotten so many DMs lately of people sending me reels from other creators who are absolutely not tax accounts, not in the financial world at all. And they're like, is this true? And I'm just like, oh no. Like half the time they're not, or they're like truth within the tiniest bit. And so stop taking tax advice from other Instagrammers. Okay, guys ask an actual accountant, get into it. Like at least Google it at the very, very least Google it before you just like start spending money ravenously because someone on Instagram said you could. Can you say, that was my other question. Like, and I was going to kind of say that, like, I have someone in my life who's like, you should be able to write that off. You should be able to write. Like, I mean, I've even heard like, you know, someone like me that could be considered an influencer online, like my whole life is a write-off, which is not true. (laughs) Like write off everything, write off your clothes, write off getting your hair done, write off the food you eat. Like I've literally been told that. And I think number one, like, I'm glad that you said that because it can actually be overwhelming. Cause I know like at first when I had a couple people in my life telling me stuff like that, I was like, oh my God, am I like doing this all wrong and like missing all of this? And like, no one told me. And then when that, that is really popular with like reels and TikToks right now, which I'll be honest, I do like some of those accounts because some of it's interesting, but it's overwhelming. Cause it's like, wait, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And then come to find out, like there's a lot of caveats to it or some of it is just dead wrong. Cause like you said, they're not actually a, a professional. And I think there's some things that like you, could write off and do, but Mm -hmm. you shouldn't. (laughs) So I feel like that word could is like in italics and like in small font, right? Like if I was looking at it on a page, so let me just be clear. And it's a very unpopular opinion and I'm so sorry to say it, but things like clothing and getting your hair done and getting your nails done and stuff like that. The IRS has been so clear about how they feel about it in the past. 
And it's even with people who are on camera all the time, right? Like there's literally a court case about this exact thing with a news anchor, which is like kind of random, but I feel like that's the closest thing that we have to reference at this point. And they were very, very clear that the clothing that she wore on screen wasn't a deduction. And the fact that she got her hair bleached out every six weeks or whatever it was, is not a deduction because you get personal benefit from those things. And so they're pretty clear about it. Now, let me be very clear. So many accounts will tell you what they think that you, they want. They'll tell you what they think you want to hear. Right. And there's all different levels of aggressiveness, I guess I would say. And it's kind of like a doctor, right? Like you go to the doctor because your shoulder has been hurting or it's been, you're having problems with it. Right. And one doctor will tell you, you need to have surgery. And the other doctor will be like, Hey, like, why don't you do some home remedy and maybe do some physical therapy. And then if it doesn't work, then maybe we'll do surgery, but like, let's avoid that at all costs. Right. So you have one doctor who's super aggressive and then one who's a lot less aggressive. You're going to find accounts the same way. People who are willing to write off everything and anything. And then there's other accountants who like are probably not going to let you write off those things. So I think it just kind of depends on your comfortability level. And technically you could write off just about anything, but you could also go to jail. So there's that. <laughs> uh, I, it, that's a great way to put it because there's people who will choose both routes and there's like, there's no way to know which route is actually right with the example of like a doctor in that specific situation, you just got to do what you feel is right. But like, you can take a risk with anything in life. I'm going to skip taking a risk with like my health. And I'm also going to skip taking a risk with like the IRS because tax Mm -hmm. season already sucks enough. Like, I feel like if you get audited, it's like, now you're just going through that, like all over again, but worse. Like, I'm just not, I'm, I'm good. (laughs) I'll pay extra and just like be safe. Yeah. I think it's, it, it really just depends on like what you're comfortable with and also which practitioner you're working with. And so even asking those questions when you're interviewing someone, I had someone interview me last week and they were telling me kind of the setup that they have and the advice they were getting from their accountant. And I, I really had to like hold back my tongue because I was a little bit mortified at what they were telling me. I was just like, okay, um, that, that is, advice, right? That's, that is advice. I would not give that advice, but that is advice. And, uh, just know that if you continue to work with that accountant, you're taking a very aggressive approach. And if you get audited, you are likely going to have issues. Right. And so I told her, Hey, look, like if you want to work with us, it's going to be a dramatic change and it's okay. She decided not to call us back or like work with us going forward. And I'm totally fine with that. But I did want her to know like, Hey, the approach you're taking is like extremely aggressive and just know that that's what you're doing, right? As long as you know that you're being aggressive and you're okay with it, then that is totally fine. Just know that you have to be prepared mentally if the IRS does come back and they have changes to be made on your returns. Yeah, I so agree. I love that. And I love that about you. <laughs> um Awesome. Well, that is pretty much all I had. So thank you so much for sharing all this information with everyone. And like you mentioned, we will link that guide for people about like the S Corp stuff and all of that. So if you're like, I need to learn about that, go check that out. Um, Can you tell people a little bit specifically about like 
what you actually do for, for your clients, like what your offerings are that way. They're like, I need Liz on my team. Like if you guys are like, like what I love about you is I do love how you explain things and you're kind of funny and you're straightforward, but you're gentle. Like people will get the vibe of listening to this, but if you need an accountant, 10 out of 10, highly recommend <laughs> reach out to Liz, but can you just tell people just a little bit about what it looks like to work with you specifically? Yeah. So we offer a few different options. So option number one, the easy option, bookkeeping, something we handle on a monthly basis. We send you financial reports. And because most of my clients are like, what in the heck is a profit and loss statement? I also send them nice little pretty graphs and all of that kind of stuff too, so that they can digest it a little bit easier. So that's bookkeeping. Then we have tax planning, which is something that Taylor and I do together. And that's essentially looking at how much income you're making so far for the year, how much you should be making quarterly estimates, how we could be saving you money if we're doing retirement, how to optimize retirement so that we're actually saving cash and not just spending money to spend money, right? That's not helpful. Um, So we look at all of those kind of things. And then the last thing is I just do taxes on an annual basis too. So if you have a great bookkeeper who you love, like Taylor does, then you can absolutely keep with them and we'll just do your taxes once a year. And that's totally an option as well. And then lastly, we do consults. So like if something comes up and you're just like, Liz, I need help with this one specific thing, or maybe you're not quite ready for a bookkeeper, or maybe you're not quite quite ready for a tax planning whole package, then you can absolutely do consultations as well. I love that. I feel like you have something for everyone. So, um, grab that guide, reach out to Liz. If you feel called, um, Liz, thank you so much for taking the time to share all of this today. Oh my gosh, you guys are so welcome. I hope it was helpful. And even if it's just that you need to talk to your current accountant and this is your reminder, um, reach out to them. It's summer. So their life is a lot less hectic than it is in April. So reach out, get connected um, and talk to them. They might have better solutions that are more involved for you too. So it doesn't necessarily mean finding someone new. It might just be, hey, reconnect with your actual accountant. Yeah. So true. So good. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye guys. 